This is Exit the Matrix new series where we cover the latest breaking news. Follow us on IG at Matrix Podcast and send your questions and comments to us at ExitTheMatrixPodcast at gmail.com. This is EMP Pulse and I'm Amin Drew Law. Welcome to EMP Pulse. I am Amin Drew Law and uh, the gang is all here. Hello, gang. Hello. Uh, what's up? I'm not a joiner, okay? I'm not in a gang. All right, so uh, I, if you've been living under a rock, uh, we have information for you. An election is happening here uh, in America. Lots of different things are being had in that election. Uh, as uh, we look right now at uh, 12.35 p.m. here on a Friday, November 6th, even though days don't even matter. What day? Oh, it all blurs. Tuesday, the trilogy. Tuesday, the, tr- Tuesday the, the trilogy. I love it. It's like Lovecraft Country. Every se- every episode feels like a season. Hi, oh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, elections are popping off right now. Lots of things are happening. We wanted to talk about the fallout of these those elections. Um, anything y'all wanted to um, to say before we kind of dove into what we have on here? The madness continues. The madness <laughs> continues. I don't want to hear shit. For the next four years, about any election and possible malfeasance in the goddamn southern hemisphere of America. Don't fucking say shit about Venezuela. Don't say shit about Bolivia. Don't open your fucking mouth to say shit about how messy elections are in little leftist countries. Don't say shit. After this shit... Nobody can say shit. I'm your huckleberry. So let's not even, I don't want to even, because that's a goddamn fact. That's a goddamn fact, number one. Number two, um, let's talk about what actually happened, because we have two podcasts that I think we're going to be going back to for a long time. Number one, why voting doesn't matter, but here we are, why local elections matter. And I want to talk about the down ballot, everything else that was on um, and up for uh, voting uh, other than the presidency of the United States. Let's dive in. Let's dive in, because something that I think that is definitely on the election and definitely something that we can take from this is the overwhelming support of decriminalizing drugs um yeah, we we're see gonna need drugs <laughs> to we're gonna survive. need drugs to get through this as if i didn't have drugs already i have no idea what illegal things are <laughs> i can't right. be around things that are illegal by simply being around me all things become legal because I'm a sovereign individual. What's that bullshit? Okay, my- look, folks can't see you. I can see you. You black as fuck. Okay. <laughs> Do we? Does the crack team? Does the crack team have exactly what the laws were in terms of? I know in D.C. they they legalized uh, the. They call it the Magic Mushroom Initiative. Yeah. I wish that we could just talk about these things like scientific actual actual. What are the actual scientific? Uh, names of, you know, quote-unquote magical mushrooms. Are we supposed to use this in proper context when it comes to the election? But well, I mean, they got to make could... it seem like a bunch of, <laughs> it's always magic mushrooms that only a bunch of weirdos do. Or we could use Oregon, because uh, Measure 109 would legalize psilocybin, which is fancy word for mushrooms. Yeah, yeah exactly. For mental health treatments only, though. <laughs> yeah, why well, I need mental health treatment. So, yeah, we could just say, uh, you know, psilocybin. And then it sounds like official. It's right. medical now. Psilocybin. Yeah. But let's talk about the fact that, once again, right, where is this happening? Oregon, a state that was founded as a white supremacist utopia. So now it's legal to have trace amounts of heroin. Now it's legal to have trace amounts of cocaine. You know what I'm saying? Psilocybin. Not legal. 
decriminalized Thank you. you. No, right. it's a difference. There is a difference, but it was no difference to a black person. You try to tell a fucking cop, you know, hey, look, okay, this is uh, not legal, of course. They're going to beat the shit out of you, bro. And, and, and that'll be the, you should say thank you if that's all you get. And for context, Oregon is the first state to decriminalize all drugs. So they, they are allowing small amounts of cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, and other drugs, which will have lesser punish- punishments. So it's more like a traffic ticket instead of jail time. But along Emoja's point, then everybody who is in jail currently for that needs to get out, and they need to be paid for all the time that they were in jail. And how far are we going to take this, right? Because, look, any type of drug infraction means you are permanently barred from being able to get a federal student loan, which means for most people, you can't go to college now. So if this shit is okay now, are we going to retroactively grant the ability to once again be able to go to college and better your station? Possibly. And we should, because, I mean, when we're talking about the other states, South Dakota, Montana, Arizona, and New Jersey, all passed amendments to legalize marijuana. Mississippi um, passed only for medicinal use of marijuana. But, yeah, what happens to all of the people who are jailed or imprisoned, who are facing misdemeanors, felonies, lost their right to vote, can't apply for student loans. Uh, and, and that needs to be part of the conversation, absolutely. Yes, decriminalize the use of it. We've had seen great success with it, especially since it's, we treat it more like an addiction mental health issue rather than you're a bad person because you broke the law and did drugs that really tried to ease all of the agony and suffering you're having to deal with day to day. All those are facts. All those are facts as we, I don't know if you can hear the the airplane going over our heads. <laughs> we hear live and uh, direct from the belly of the beast. But well, I, I I hear everything that y'all saying, and it's all facts. Um, I just do want to hold some small space for the fact that you know less people are, in some capacity are going to be, um, you know, not are not locked up for possession of of, of drugs. You know what I'm saying? But and again, let's look at the core demographics, right? Because that brings us full circle to my point. There are very few people of color that live in Oregon. So what we find is, once again, the West has no problem with, in, with like, bringing out socialist ideas so long as they only apply to, essentially, right. Europeans. Right. There aren't a lot of black people in Utah, in, in, in the white utopia that is Oregon, right? So, like... Yeah, it's a good thing. I don't feel like anybody should go to jail for having a, a, a chemical addiction or or a need to make their reality work the way it works for them. But, like, where are these programs in Chicago? Where are these programs in L.A.? Where are these programs in Houston? Places where there are lots of people of color, lots of black people, lots of brown people. Because those people are still the fuel for the, the criminal justice system that is is forced slavery right so what it's saying is we shouldn't put white people in prison for these kind of things it's a good idea no one should go to prison because they have a chemical addiction issue how how is it so hard to get these things on the ballot like you, i think it's interesting you say that because you know in the washington dc which is still predominantly back black here in 2020 voted overwhelmingly to uh legalize the Cyphylin, 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 yeah, cyphylin, Paul Silas. It sounds like a fucking transformer. Yeah, we were um, you know. But my question is, like, why, why can't we have these things on the ballot? Like, let the people decide. You know, I think that's the the the, the thing that I have, especially with it, when it comes to elections, is like I really don't care about voting for these people. 
I think I'm aware enough to like vote for the things that I want and I do want. Um, so uh, I wanted to move on because we do have a lot of things that I, we want to talk about here. That, you know, so much happening across the United States. Yeah, um, in California, I know you brought this up to me, Kim. Do you mind giving the folks an overview here? <laughs> oh yeah, so California, California, uh, so California, California has a couple of losses. I'm quite honestly, they oh, got really? a couple I, of wins, but I they thought got a they were they were they were voting blue all the time. They're great people. You oh, telling no. me that they had some losses? That's great. <laughs> people yeah yeah um so you know so uh, point the first <laughs> california um essentially voted to say that no affirmative action is not real and the reason that or that they would not um continue the use of affirmative action and the reason for that is is because they shouldn't legalize discrimination not recognizing of course that it's already oh, legalized. Do you mean, so you we, mean systemic <laughs> racism Racism shouldn't exist? Right? Oh, wow. Well, no, they mean like we can't discriminate against white people. We can't tell white people they oh, right. can't Because white people be... are in California in so much trouble right now. So oh, much trouble. Goodness. White people across the whole United States are in so much Woe trouble. Is you. That's why they're freaking out. Um... So, you know, it, it goes back to that argument where it's like, okay, in order to make amends, we do have to put laws and procedures and policies in place that remove all of the laws, procedures, and policies that were put in place to protect white people, to give them a leg up, um, but also to undo, like, so many things. I mean, in this instance, they're talking specifically about college admissions, where it's like, well, affirmative action wasn't helping. And because this is something I talked about with Emoja, because the, the conversation around affirmative action was happening, and here we're seeing it again, because who benefits the most from affirmative action? white women um and the conversation was starting to turn where it was like well maybe white women should not be protected or or, or be held under the umbrella of affirmative action because clearly it's worked for them they've made great strides but they're now taking all the opportunities away from like literally any person of color whether they are non-binary a woman or a man and so funnily enough now we're seeing oh affirmative action is now discriminatory we can't use it um because these conversations were shifting and you can see this all over, right? Even in quote unquote woke spaces. Look at poetry with the, the whole Vita system, right? Which checks to make sure there's a certain amount of queer people that are accepted in every, uh, in every submission with a journal. So many women, right? But it still doesn't name the object of power, right? So like, I hunt. Like, there's still no overt path for just being a black guy. Like, unless you're, you know, uh, you have other isms that you can tie to yourself, but it's not black men that were ever hogging up all of these opportunities, right? It was white men. This is throughout all of these things. It's like the things that are meant to be systems to bring disadvantaged people to power still somehow miss huge groups of disaffected people. And that's, that's what harm reduction does. Yes, and because it, w it there was a possibility it would no longer benefit white women. Well, now it's gone in California. And, I mean, we've been seeing this trend across the U.S. Uh, but the other loss in California is that... Yes. I'm holding on. Y'all didn't even let me get my oh, time space so off. I'm so what sorry. What you mean? I'm so Just because I'm the producer of Exit the Matrix? I mean, where I come from, you get in where the fuck you fit in. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm your huckleberry. No, we're going to make from... space. We just talked about that with affirmative action. We're making space. <laughs> <laughs> Two things. I'm going to make it quick. I'm going to make it the quick. The black people are taking up all this space. I know. 
No one leaves any space for the cishet white guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, two things I wanted to just quickly talk about. We have a very large uh, listener base in California, so shout out to y'all. A movie that I, I watched, very good. One of the best movies of the year, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, and when you talk and you see these like white people in San Francisco, like the very quote-unquote liberal, like the Nancy Pelosi aspects, like the elite Democrats, like the people who are actually Democrats, like actually benefit from de democratic policy, so on and so forth. Like, these are the people that really live in California, you know what I'm saying? Like, they would love to have the, the uh, accessory of black coolness around them. They would love to have social currency that people of color provide, but when it comes to the actual um, helping of black people and people of color, they really are not here. So um, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Number two, um, I, I wanted to talk about, I'm sorry, uh, the article you sent me, Kita. There's nothing here that, that struck me. Give me a second. Um, opponents to raise $1.6 million fueled by smaller donations from grassroots networks that include Chinese immigrants worried that public universities will bypass Asian American applicants with higher scores and grades in favor of lower scoring African American and Latino students. They say discrimination should be illegal. What it makes me think of is like, you know, of course we can talk shit about white people all day and rightfully so, but whiteness mm -hmm. um, and, you know, kind of kind of being a part of this and just anti-blackness existing all over the, the world and in so many dem demographics. So I just wanted to bring that up. I thought that that was interesting in this article. Well, yeah, and, and I mean, you brought up that really good point because it wasn't just, it would be lovely to it's say It's a coalition that of people against black people. It was a coalition. Essentially. And, and, and some of those coalitions included black people who are saying well I don't want because I mean Ward Connerly um, it, he's a businessman again you know black bourgeoisie is not going to save us um, but he led the 96 campaign to prohibit the state from granting preferences or discriminating against a person due to race or gender and of course his quote was the people are saying we want to be treated as equals we should see everybody the same and it's like the point is, is that we're literally the system of the United States of America, even in our states, does not see us as the same. It legislated against our humanity. It legislated against the rights and inherent, like, human rights that we were supposed to be granted under things like the UN, under the Constitution. And they said, it doesn't count against you because you're not even human. Like, so those are the amends that people have to make because we're not equals. To say that we are equals now, that the system sees us as equals, is a fallacious argument and it's disingenuous and breaks our coalition. That, that's the liberals. That's why liberals don't work. That's why they, they can't be a part of the, the revolutionary movement. It's and so unaware so of their own unintentional or intentional biases. Look, Mo is always going to get more job applications, more callbacks than a Moja. That's just a fact. Yeah. Facts. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to hold this up there, Akita. Do you mind talking about the next? This was in... Um, California as well, right? Yeah. A bastion yeah. for progressivism, <laughs> yeah. California. Yes. Uh, and we talked about this in a previous podcast, how Uber and Lyft were doing, uh, I think it was Proposition 22, where essentially Uber and Lyft were having these massive campaigns, putting millions of dollars in advertising, telling people to vote against it, where uh, Uber and Lyft drivers share driving, or even like the gig economy in and of itself, um, where that they are not employees, they are contractors. Uh, and they... One, and it's a really, really big blow to unionized labor. It was that, like, again, that difficult kind of uh, 
gosh, it happens to a lot of labor moment, movements, quite honestly, where it's like, look, do you want to, where these corporations essentially strong arm small labor. So they're like, look, do you want a job? You're going to tell everybody that you fucking love being a slave to Uber and Lyft. And if you don't tell people, we're going to get rid of you and, and you're not going to make money. And especially in this economy where everybody is financially and economically distressed, um, that threat carries dependent through. Dependent and dependent on the teeth of the big corporations. Yeah. And so Uber and Lyft managed to keep those their drivers listed as contractors instead of employees. And I feel like it also ties back to our sex worker episode where, you know, Pressman was like, no, some clubs saying that strippers and sex workers are employees helped us a lot during the pandemic. We got health care. We got paid vacation. We got paid sick leave. And those drivers don't have any of those protections. They had to vote against it. And because of all of these advertisements, like Amazon saying they're a small business, that, you know, now it's even harder for other states to say, like New York was trying for it too, where it was like, now, no, you guys are always be contractors. You don't deserve health care. You don't deserve a basic freaking salary or wage. You don't deserve overtime. And like what those implications mean for the broader labor movement. And that, that makes me sad. And again, these are the bastions of liberalness, right? Where like, it's not possible for Nancy Pelosi to lose her congressional seat to a Republican, right? So you could get the most progressive possible legislation in a place like California if it was about the will of the people. But instead, it's like these these bills are put out by billionaires to protect their interest and worded in such a way. Like, who who the fuck isn't against equality, right? So you, you put it like, do you want to have an equality bill? Or you want to have a bill where people get preferential treatment. But the reality is there are already people getting preferential treatment and there's no way to attack that without setting aside some things for people who have been disenfranchised. Yeah, and that, you know what, if you work, I don't care if you work part-time, full-time, you only work two hours a week, like, that shouldn't matter in regards to saying a company doesn't owe you benefits. Like, a company should not be riding on denying you the ability to get healthcare, the ability to get paid time, paid sick leave, especially when we know all of these corporations, particularly because, like, they were saying, well, if they become employees, this is a great threat to the gig economy, and then how will people make money? And it's like you're literally exploiting their labor. You're trying to push out public transit. You're trying to make sure that everybody in the U.S. gets labeled as a contractor so you never have to pay anybody a wage or benefits at all. And, like, this includes disability, life insurance, like, all of the things that get attributed to it. And just think all of these gig economy workers are the most at risk. We're in the middle of a fucking pandemic, and they can't get sick leave. I think it goes back to the crux of what's wrong with American capitalism, and it is the belief that the only person a corporation owes anything to is the stockholder. But the money in and of itself doesn't make the money. If the stockholder's investment, then then what's the fucking product? The product, the thing that creates the money is the labor. Labor has always created the growth, the the products, the, the efficiency of corporations, and that is who corporations owe. Corporations owe the labor, not the investors. Extreme poverty. One of my states that I used to live in, the great and noble state 
of Mississippi. How do you spell Mississippi? M I crooked letter, crooked letter I, crooked letter, crooked letter I, humpback, humpback I. That's a goddamn fact. What happened in uh, <laughs> They voted to change their flag. Wow. Down with the Confederacy. <laughs> Down with the Confederacy. <laughs> is there, wait, is there, wait, don't tell me that there's some sort of insidious underlying uh, issue. Yeah, you goddamn right. What? The NCAA said, and I quote, if you don't get that bullshit the fuck up off our fucking screens, fucking it up for our investors so that we can get ads in commercial space, no, no teams flying the rebel flag will be allowed to host or entertain bowl games. On one hand, yay. <laughs> On the other, God, we are such a, a bizarre place in the U.S. Because the Washington State football team wouldn't change their fucking mascot Not for like Washington State. Oh, sorry, Washington D.C. My bad. Yeah. Washington D.C.'s <laughs> football team wouldn't change its fucking mascot, even though there were so many protests, and yet. We're going to be like, okay, look, if we take away all your ad revenue <laughs> and not let you play your football. And it's just games for everybody. It's because, just games for everybody. Because what it, what it makes me think of is it's like, okay. You've been playing the foosball behind my back. Oh, we have to all of I got to take a pull back and have both of that one. <laughs> right. um, um, yeah, so, so it's just interesting to me because it, like, it not only do, I mean, the thing about it is, is the people whom, um, like the NCAA, like it, they have their own pressure. They have to implement these rules, not because they want to, because it's like, okay, again, where does it go? It falls back to the money, right? So you have people who are not interested in supporting uh, businesses like FedEx, which is one of the biggest reasons why the Washington DC football team uh, <laughs> uh, is apologies. looking. To, it's all good. It's all good. No problem. Uh, change change their name. So you're looking at the um, the the revenue from television. You know what I'm saying? Especially now in the time of COVID, is so important. So you, you uh, now that I'm looking at you know the Mississippi changing their flag and all the situations, it's like it's game over if you don't make these decisions. So the fact that you're literally left in the eleventh hour to change it because if you don't, it will be financial collapse. How can we applaud? That's yeah, where I'm at with yeah, that. Yeah, but it's also like, okay, now you definitely have to take down your monuments to to slaveholders, like to people. Who, yes, yes, you do. You're shaking your head, but I'm like, this is like, but we live in a place where these are not the things happening at the same time. That people really will see them as two separate things. Nor will they ever happen, right? In a place like fucking Mississippi or Alabama, right? Think about it like this, right? Why is it that? One of the highest populations of black people in America is Mississippi, but Mississippi will never have a black governor, right? When you talk about the Electoral College, you have to win a preponderance of votes in every single county to become the governor of Mississippi. A preponderance? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm one of those wordy Negroes. Jewish prudence. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because, again, they understand there are certain parts of Mississippi where black people will never be in the majority. Any more thoughts on this particular subject? Um, I wanted to end this off with a story time, and I wanted to get your opinions because I love you both so tremendously. Even though we joke and laugh, I appreciate you, and oh, you bring me so sanity. Yes. Sanity. 
So, um, uh, I, I messed up my, my mail-in ballot, y'all. I, mess- I am riddled with shame. I messed it up. I accidentally voted for two people when I was supposed to vote for one. So you know what I did? I woke I- up in the morning. Oh, what was you about to say? No, no, no. I was going to say, like, ballot design is actually very terrible. And, and it needs to be changed along with a lot of other things about the way we vote in the United States. But continue, my friend. In DC, you can't even change it. Most state, most states, you can change it, or you can you can like write a note in initial. But no, but the way ballots have been designed, they don't make a lot of sense, and that's to people who you know. Well, wasn't that the shit with Bush and Gore with the ballot? Yeah, line? yeah, yeah. The the dimple chats. Look, them shits look worse than fucking scantrons. Yeah, and it's it's intentional and all by design. But okay. continue with so your story. So you're saying I should forgive myself for you fucking should absolutely up. forgive yourself okay. because the ball- ballots and I, I I'm not sure anywhere in the United States has a really like good ballot design that can anybody can emulate. But ballot design in the United States is part of why voting is rigged. Mm. Ooh, ding! Uh, so there is there seems to be this idea among some of my liberal friends that I'm anti-voting. That's that is what I hear. Anti-voting. Mo man, how long did we spend looking up and researching? Searching candidates in DC so we can have the exact bruh everywhere. We were Googling motherfuckers trying to go to websites. These people running for office didn't even have websites. No Facebook fucking sites. Like But didn't the truthful, honest news stations cover it? cover them and give you all the talking points you know you there's some very nice like little dc insider um sites you know i like uh washingtonian probs like they did a really good like they display like all the different candidates um like uh, positions and stuff like that but again that's not the government that's a third party person who runs an instagram <laughs> you know what i mean like this is the type of place we have to go to i'm literally reading somebody's facebook post who is running for at-large council talking about if i'm elected i'm gonna teach these kids I'm your huckleberry. Sounds like these people that are running for the DC council. So I went to, oh my goodness, with 17 masks on, I walked (laughs) to my local polling station. And so, first of all, this is the first part of the story. Guess who was there? Motherfucking candidates trying to get me to vote for them, even though I just did my research for the last two weeks. They're right there. Wow. Their mask dripping underneath their nose, trying oh, to talk to me about no. shit. And I'm like, back up. Ah, I gross. go there, and there's like all these politicians trying to hand me out shit, hand me out shit, hand me out shit. You should not allow be allowed to be there, period. You know what I'm saying? If you are not there as a poll watcher or whatever the fuck that bullshit is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't understand none of this election shit, to be honest with you. But what I'm saying is, like, how can the candidates be there? That feels intimidating. That should yeah. not be that should not be available. So I went there, voted, did my thing, um, you know, walked on back, but still not a great experience. I get why everyone was and I, I see why. And I but I really do like the fact that they had the ballots. They sent them to our houses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We'll see if that happens in the mayoral election. I have a feeling it won't. Um, <laughs> Absolutely not. So um, I'm looking up the uh, the results here for uh, the Washington, D.C. election, the local election, why local elections matter. Even though people say that, they don't even research the damn thing. And this is proof. Vincent Orange is a longtime D.C. politician, a person who is incredibly corrupt and has had several corruption charges. He finished third hair a hair off of winning. And I think I understand why. Because... When you have a get out the vote campaign in D.C., it's it's ridiculous. It's not even important for the the presidential election because you're dealing with the most polarizing Democratic um, uh, uh, constituency on the planet. It's 94 percent Democratic here in Washington, D.C. 
So you have all these different people that are coming out to vote for the jump off Joey, right? Yeah. Everyone's coming out to do that. But what you have are people who are uninformed gentrifiers who are super hype about voting for things. So if D.C. voters are making choices, I was a big fan of um, not an endorsement, not an endorsement. Mm -hmm. I would never endorse um, a candidate, but uh, I was a big fan of Marcus Batchelor. He was talking a lot about defund the police, and he was coming hard for uh, No Mambo Muriel, the gentrifier in chief. Um, I have this here. Give me a second in my archive. Ha ha. Well, while you're looking for that, because yeah, jump, part jump of it, in. like uh, we've talked about this before, that the the demographics and the population of DC has changed drastically, even in the five years, and it continues to change drastically. Um, because it used to be not just a Democrat, um, primarily Democratic, but it used to be one of the only freaking cities in the United States that was super majority black people, and because of the rapid gentrification of DC, because of all the deals that Mayor Bowser made, um, those black people have been pushed out. Of of DC and all of the, uh, I mean, you still see like all of the, I mean, it feels like a, if you're a person of color, it feels like a ghost town. You're seeing the remnants of people of color who lived here, like Chinatown, but it's been taken over by fucking condos or like Columbia Heights, which used to be really have a really robust and large, uh, Latin community. I've also been pushed out into fucking Maryland. And so that's what I mean is talking about when we're like all of the gentrifiers. A lot of people who moved here just because 45 won and a lot of fucking white people moved here. And then also those white people who were like, oh, I want to live back in the city and DC provides me that opportunity. These are the people voting for council. Exactly. And they're not the type of people that are in the streets. It's not the type of people that are going to be going, um, you know, to their local uh, municipalities to uh, you know have conversations in where like pe- like town halls and things like that like those are people that have been in the city for a long time and plan to stay in the city for the rest of their lives gentrifiers come in three or four years they work on K Street whatever it may yeah. be and they dip the fuck out so they don't give a shit about long term policies here in Washington D.C. now Robert Wright was one of the winners of the at large council that he's a Democrat like that was a pretty Everyone knew that, you know, he kind of had the really the best chance of winning. But the the other person that won, Christina Henderson, and I was saying Vincent Orridge, who uh, is an incredibly corrupt politician here in Washington, D.C., they were the first two people on the ballot. So they got... All the votes. Because so and, and all is, people are looking at her is the D. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, <laughs> LOL. Lows. Lows. Uh, so, so again, I'm having, I'm having to look at, you know what I mean? Shout out to Christina Henderson. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I guess she's dope, but she's not for defund the police. And you literally have several candidates here that we're talking about defund the police. I was talking about uh, Marcus Batchelor uh, before. Not only that, coming at um, No Mambo Muriel. And so what you're having is you're having all these people who want to get out the vote. This is and all, like we all we talked about the gentrifiers, you know, and, and record numbers coming here to vote for jump off Joey, but don't understand any of the local uh, elections that are happening. And this is what I'm saying: when it's just go vote blue, get out, and everyone's going to applaud and have a great time when it comes to uh, uh, you know jump off Joey possibly winning this thing. We don't know because we're waiting for the great York, but we want to talk about that. So one thing I would say too is you know it's already being framed as more people voted for Joe Biden than any other president in American history. And I would reframe that as more people voted against That's Cheeto. A fact. That's a goddamn fact. Because very few people are truly enthusiastic about fucking Joe Biden. And did, and, and did the Republicans lose seats in the House? in the places where Donald Trump lost? Nah, they were still winning. So the Republicans are doing fine. And this is where it comes to me. There was a quote, not a quote, there was a tweet by um, 
uh, Mark Hamill, okay, someone who was a part of the most overrated franchise in history, uh, which is uh, y'all's favorite motherfucking uh, Star Wars or whatever that bullshit is. What? What is it? Star Wars? Yeah. And he and that shit. Okay, no, but not y'all, right? Is this dude over here? He's like, let me show you. I'm going to show you all the scenes of Star Wars. I showed this uncultured fuck. The scene between Darth Vader and Couldn't Luke, wait. because culturally you got to know about that. Right. It's not an endorsement of the what fucking else? franchise. What else? Huckleberry. Mark Damn. Hamill. What else is Mark Hamill known for? The Joker. Okay, so more trash bullshit, overrated <laughs> bullshit, right? So everyone's favorite, Mark Hamill. Uh, he was tweeting, I can't wait until this election is over so I can go back to posting cat memes, recipes, Hollywood trivia, and all this bullshit. This is the liberal bullshit that I don't fuck with and I'm not trying to have in my space. This is why I got to live a revolutionary life and exit, exit, dim exit, hashtag dim exit, because these people who vote for Biden, they're just waiting for shit to go back to quote-unquote aesthetic normal. Hashtag so, go left ear. Yeah, exactly. God dang right. You know what I'm saying? And I've been seeing this shit happen all the... It's like those and the Hillary Hillary Clinton uh, white women, you know what I'm saying? Can't wait till we go back to normal and we get back to brunch and we get back to you know going on roller coasters with dogs or whatever the fuck white women do. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the, you know, it's like this whole thing of like the fact that you're so you're damn bro. You sound like uh, what's his name? Bill Who? Bill Barr. Oh, Bill Burr. <laughs> Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Yeah. Yeah. yeah facts. You, you know what I'm saying? So so anyway, I just wanted to end on that. This has been our election special. Uh, we will be back with uh, podcast proper hopefully soon, um, unless you know the feds come get us. Uh, I uh, <laughs> um, I'm getting side eyes. I already know. It. I'm not even looking. Um, so that was uh, any any final thoughts? Any things we missed? Any closing comments uh, from uh, my my lovely counterparts over here? I mean, my closing comment I think is the same, and I'm going to still say it. Do we're not going to attribute blame in order to try to regain some remnants of power that that we're feeling we're not gonna fucking blame the the black people we're not gonna blame black men we're not gonna blame the latin a voters we're not gonna blame people who didn't vote we're not going to play that game because shit gotta get done and if you feel some sort of way hearing this shit again in the immortal words of bill burr sit down and have your fucking talking to facts uh exit the matrix podcast at gmail.com, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, Matrix Podcast on Twitter, Matrix Podcast on Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook, as well as Mark Zuckerberg's Instagram. Uh, stay woke, stay hydrated, love y'all very much, and we are out.